All right, fuck it. We're back with the Midnight Pod. It's oh, been a while. <laughs> episode. I don't even know if this is recording me. This is a fucking freestyle setup. I think it's episode 49 or something. Did like 48 episodes in a row. And then, oh no, 44 episodes in a row or something. Then had a hiatus. And then started season two for about two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> Did six shit episodes and then decided to launch it again. So this is a potentially reformatted season two and a half of the midnight pod in some fancy fucking boardroom which you've never used before but yeah, let you introduce yourself um yeah i've been on this before i'm ollie from saw with us for you and for you advertising uh, in a couple of agencies one of which was with lucas to my right um and i'm also working as a cmo on an e-commerce group that we're trying to grow um, yeah, it's been about, I think it was about a year ago I came on with Joe, maybe longer. Less. It was like February and you was spilled it. a fucking bottle of wine. Yeah, I chinned. Oh, I actually like... met up with you lot that night. When yeah, it was a bit loose. Yeah, late that was the <laughs> loosest podcast episode we've ever done. Got nearly the most I can hear your yeah, voice towards views. the end of that as well. You I don't remember absolutely last, fucked. I don't remember the last 20 minutes. <laughs> started cutting down the red wine after that episode. Yeah, so did I. Um, but that was good fun. So we're back. I'm going to hopefully be on these more regularly if it goes to plan when you can't find guests um. <laughs> yeah plan is guests and non-guests because i think it's therapeutic to do pods it documents the journey alongside my fucking weekly shitty episodes that people still watch um yeah. but just mixing it up I, I think it's a surprisingly good networking opportunity as well doing a pod when i stopped doing it i stopped meeting people yeah it's I was like, hold excuse. on wait a minute so yeah, yeah, Lucas, go on. You do yeah, I'm Lucas. I've been on the pod as well, but more interviewing Matt actually. Um, run another podcast called Unwind. Um, also run a creative agency called Hammy Media, and yeah, co-direct a, a TikTok agency for you advertising with Ollie as well. So yeah, that's me pretty much. Yeah, good, good to have you here. I just, I just <laughs> got a text from. This is not a joke. This is live. I just got a text from my old jewellery supplier saying, hey boss, congratulations, England versus Iran, big win, 6-1. <laughs> so random. <laughs> Not spoke to this Don for two years. 6-2 as well, so... Was it 6-2? No, 6 Yeah, it was 6-2. Yeah, I actually saw something where... You messaged me on my birthday. That's quite deep. It's just such a... Sent him so much business, that's yeah, what you are. I've referred to about four people for you. Yeah. I've got a question that I think would be just interesting to like kick things off. Go just on. for... We can probably all go round... Because like I found this is something that like resonates with most people. Like, what right now is your biggest problem in business, and what what are you doing to overcome that problem? Who wants to go first? You go first. You already told me it's yours briefly. Biggest ago. problem. Honestly, right now, just not having enough fucking stock. It's a nice problem. In a way. It is a nice problem. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually very simple. Once you get a proof of concept like a brand with one product like all you really need is more fuel on the fire to make it bigger and that's like two things more stock and more ad spend and then you can either kind of wait until you stack more customers in cash and shit or you can raise money and go quicker which is why I'm trying to raise more money <laughs> yeah you look, you're 100% 100, 100 miles an hour at all times yeah so that's probably the biggest problem in like a, a nutshell and then every fucking problem under that. Like, fucking what? trading standards sent me a letter the other day saying some customers claimed that there's psilocybin in the products and now they're going to have to do a site inspection. 
Fucking from the hell. food crime unit. Interesting. That's one of many, but... I mean, that proves your marketing is pretty, pretty well on yeah. point. Maybe, maybe I mean, you've been able to suggest You've had to like fully pull back from that message though, haven't you? Yeah, like I, I still... I still get, I had a post banned today, like a post removed from Instagram. It said it was selling illegal drugs, even though it was literally just an ad. Yes. I think there's always going to be a problem with the aesthetic. Do you think you'd, could you spin up another product to the US and Canada that's more, well, obviously difficult because it's not fully legal there, but like, is that a route that you'd probably go down or would you keep it completely away from that until it was kind of normalized and every, I guess it's quite a big question you probably do a lot of research around it before just yeah I mean ultimately I want to do a psilocybin rainbow dust as quick that's as always possible. been the vision I think that would be like the most amazing supplement of all time yeah cause but it's, it's like fucking impossible to do yeah well it is now I think it'll be possible in in America and Canada fast, way quicker than here just based mm, on yeah, like Canada always models. comes first doesn't it and then US yeah I said there's a lot of psilocybin brands in Canada but you can't like pay with card it's still like pretty underground like you've got to transfer bitcoin all this shit yeah, so it's not like viable as a scalable d2c brand yet but cash eventually delivery, it will be like they live in yeah India. yeah, yeah. Like cash on delivery. to track your roi on ad spend on cash on delivery yeah <laughs> something like that um yeah it's a decent problem well, it's not a good problem when you've got subscribers but it's not the worst problem to have because the demand's clear there and you say you can do much bigger numbers than you're gonna do <laughs> but um yeah yeah, I don't know. I have different across the three companies I'm involved in. We have different problems. One of them's related to supply chain for Black Friday, whether we can sustain how much we want to sell, which is a nice problem. And can you reveal which brand that is? I don't think so. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because he'll watch this. And I it's don't. a fat brand in the tw in the money Twitter space. Yeah, it's a big brand in the money Twitter space. Probably, probably could. Like you, yeah. Prince like Cash. Essence fault. I actually definitely could. I don't know why I didn't say yes to that because he yeah. already revealed that I work with him. Um, just because of how quickly it's grown at the moment, and <clears throat> there's also there's one thing about selling everything, but then like selling stupid numbers over Black Friday weekend, but you don't. Obviously, got a, he like the way that that business is set up is a lot of moving parts that Connor takes ownership of. Obviously, I've taken ownership of the market in there, um, and don't want to put him in a position where he, oh, there's, there's a ridiculous amount of customer com customer complaints or anything like that. Not saying that there would be, but it's just trying to balance efficiency with good experience. Um, so that's that's not really my problem. That's his problem to deal with. I just have to sell it. So he, and I, he just tells me to turn the ad spend off if it gets. <laughs> gets a bit too chaotic um then for saw saw's in an interesting position because we're at like 30 people nearly now and what gets you from zero to one doesn't take you from like one to ten like at 30 we were just hiring people based off like whether it felt like we needed more people and like r rather than having like some forecasted based forecast based numbers forecast based project projections of like supply and demand and i feel like now we're at a stage where we need that so we're doing a lot of like finance work and financial systems and um, more of like a roadmap growth plan on like hiring based on like projected value added by person. And then for you, you were obviously involved in seeing so you know, some of the problems there. Um, it's a shit name for you. It's not the for <laughs> you page of TikTok. It's a beautiful name. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> Saw makes sense. Saw. FYA. Like for you is like. You're missing a word. <laughs> for you advertising, there, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, it's just the for you page on TikTok, isn't it? That's where it goes. Oh, is it from. TikTok? Yes. Yeah, okay, TikTok fine. specific. So yeah. I deleted TikTok. The ago. problem there is working with so many creators. Like creators are you've so had some, difficult. You've had man. some bad experiences with creators. They're all cowboys. 
<laughs> like they're just they're just hard there's just so many moving parts when you work with that many individuals it's just like 20 is 80 20 principle 20 of them are really good eight of them are awful and just and then like one of them one creator we've, we had build our card through stripe somehow for like 25 grand cash just build it over, scan. just build Money it over, came over, out over again account. Just build us three and a half k five. Like how do they have access to that? I don't even know. Mate, I don't even I have know how. No idea. I'd, I'd paid one of their invoices, and somehow they then had our card on file or something. And she just built us like six times with like three point one k or something. So I've been having to get that back off her, which has been a right ordeal. Um, Did but, she claim it was legit? No, no. She she was like very apologetic once I pulled it up on her. But it's just like, how do you do that? Like it's not it's not easy to build someone for like a stupid amount of money. Um, they're just very like, I don't know. They don't understand business. Like they want pain in 24 hours, even though and they don't read contracts. They don't. They don't hit time frames. Been a lot of trial and error there, like yeah. working out the best system in place to be able to keep reins on these creators. Because like Ollie said, there's just so many fucking moving parts with it, and you know all it takes is one or two creators to delay delivery, and it's put it's put the whole process out of sync. Um, so yeah, that's that's been difficult for us to work out how to how to navigate that, and we've we've changed our offerings several times because of that. I mean, I know some agencies, and again, I don't think this is the best way to do it personally, just because I do. I'm very much a believer if you're creating UGC, it should be like semi-authentic and not like fully scripted. But I know some agencies that I mean, we've got in-house TikTok editors anyway, but that they will purely they'll script everything they'll storyboard everything send it to actors they'll basically record the raw footage and then their in-house editors will will edit that themselves which again obviously solves a lot of problems actors a lot of actors are more professional to work with more reliable but again it's for me i don't think you get the best best quality creative that way um so there's different ways you can approach it but it is a difficult one He's had some. You've had some bad stuff. You show. You show me a few things. <laughs> yeah, you. You've got an interest because I know. I know a few, quite a few creators in the space now. Obviously, we've got a fairly big network, and I've heard creators like bitching about some of the shit you were saying on Twitter about <laughs> about like you know creators should be paid based on performance, which is like an interesting way to look at what, things. But TikTok creators? Yeah, like UGC creators shouldn't be paid up front. They should be based paid based on the performance of the creative. I think that's good if you can track it granularly. I think the like, issue with that, though, is that what we, we found is UGC, the quality of UGC and UGC theory, what makes a good piece of creative doesn't always translate into a, an uh, ad for that is well converted. The thing I was on about TikTok organic. Right. That's like a whole new market, which I still ain't cracked. I've actually paid an agency to do this recently. I paid them like two months ago, still not posted anything. But that was mainly because of shipping and because they chose a creator in America. Right. Anyway, long story. But yeah, but for actual UGC creators, I still think a lot of them just think, don't realise how much of a commodity they are. There's literally 10 million UGC creators. There is. Like, that's you can't be so asking for like, terrible. you can't be asking for usage rights. Like it's yeah. going to go on ads. That's what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the issue is that obviously there was like a supply and demand issue where there were too many there was a lot of demand for creators and not enough creators. And now everyone's kind of jumped on the bandwagon because they've realized it, you know, fairly quick money, easy to make, no, you know, low barrier to entry. But then obviously, you know, now there's now there's a lot of supply, 
but then the supply, the majority of it is fairly, fairly low quality. Um, so yeah. Agencies as well. You get a lot of that in agencies. I used to anyway. Yeah, that's um, very true. But the, the, it's the same. It's a 20, 80, 20, 20 principle. Like I said, there's 20% of creators are really good and you get results. To be honest though, the most common cold email I get, I must get 20 a day, is I'm a UGC creator, can I create content? I don't read any of them now because... Our entire system uses incense for UGC. That's literally it. What do you think of incense? Because we've we're just... doing 120 creatives a week. It's a lot of like, videos. You can't and like originally I was like manually paying like UGC creators and shit. Now as we do all through incense, systemized as fuck. We have an editing team in the Philippines that churns it out into performance, and it's just a system. I don't even look at it. And there's like 100 plus. I don't know if it's 120. It's like 100 or something per week. New creatives that this Filipino team churn out from the raw that's a, UDC. Yeah, a good and then Lucy sorry. manages it all. So I don't even look at it now. It's like it's finally I'm actually systemised something. So what, I was going to say, it's going to take you seven Because I'm not a system. Well, like, yeah, people, I think UDC craze reaching out to founders of brands. I mean, maybe that works, but I'm just not, I just don't, don't even look at it because why would I want to manually be sorting out content? It need, like, it's very low they need to understand right. the level of scale that brands are testing at least ones that are trying to scale so like, you're not going to work one on one with one UGC creator lowest hanging fruit for UGC creators is approaching agencies not brands yeah I it, agree and platforms onboarding onto as many platforms yeah just go on incense like yeah. there's plenty of our creators we're paying probably over a thousand a month because some of them are on, on like repeat and they're good and why incense is good is because it, it holds people accountable to like the quality of the exactly, work. Exactly, because it goes into escrow and everything. And like you get like a rating and it's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good platform. Um, on the performance, I read, a, I read a really interesting Twitter thread. I think it was this morning about how athletic screens, obviously they're pretty similar. They have similar business model to you, one one supplement. It's like the most beautiful business of all time. Just done ridiculously well with a few jars that yeah. is upsells and a container. Um they, they, their whole influencer marketing is just paid, paid by performance. They don't do any, or like it wasn't. I don't actually know if like the real top tier, because like Rogan probably gets paid. So like he's not going to do that on mm. performance. But like the majority, majority of their influencer marketing was pure performance. Obviously, that's very different. Um, I feel like if you pair influencer marketing with TikTok, you can really rip some numbers. Um, Obviously, a lot of TikTok influencers. I don't think that's very saturated at the moment. Like some of the fashion brands, like Represents, a really good example. They do it. Pretty much every ad you see from them is a whitelisted influencer ad. I never even see ads from them. I never see it from them as a, other than I see some on Facebook, but see everything they push seems to be whitelisted what, um, from other people, which is interesting. Not many brands. You don't see that like as much from brands like doing everything through that method. I just thought it was interesting. The yeah, athletic screens, this whole, whole setup was performance based. It is harder to do that for content posting. Even even TikTok organic, it's hard to do that because it's so inconsistent. I feel. Yeah, there's not an exact science. Even yeah, with both paid and organic creative on that platform, you can get pretty close, but it's 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 constantly evolving. I mean, we've we've found just you can't just. What you what worked six twelve months ago on uh, you know as a piece of UGC just isn't working now. You've got to be way more out there, way more obscure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it used to just be you know that in terms of like thumb stop ratio and hooks, it, it was about the hook itself. But I feel now it's way more about that opening visual as well. 
and you can't just yeah. do a fucking day in the life or get ready with me or unboxing video. It just they just don't really work anymore. You just got. I feel like with a, with our creators, we're like briefing them very much on going really fucking obscure with the visuals uh, in the first kind of three seconds. You know, like throwing money down the toilet or just doing weird shit just works a lot better. Yeah. Just realised I sound incredibly croaky. I've not done a pod in like two and a half months. So two, I've forgotten how to speak at length. <laughs> two different microphones as well. So he sounds he sounds raspy and deep. This is the worst quality pod out of all <laughs> the ones I've ever done. And it's the newest one. Everyone, yeah. So it's a new season, but it's not quite a new quality yet. We, we'll figure it out. We'll figure just, just got to get back in the swing, back in the flow. Are we doing random questions then? We could do random questions. Cover I just a few, had a few topics. A few random questions. Obviously, Lucas, I think, Luke, did you have someone else to say about your problems? Um, yes, obviously, we touched on ours. Yeah, yeah obviously, the a big old stuff problem. for you. I think, again, just cash flow is a big thing there and just the importance of fucking building up cash in the bank. Um, obviously, if you can get a runway of three to six months that's and a proper system in place for ensuring that's fucking going up and you know you've got a good cash flow position that's one thing that again we're looking at there but i think to be honest on a few things from my side it's being able to since we started for you this year a big thing is just being able to because unlike saw you've you've disconnected quite a lot from saw i'm still very much at the helm of hammy media so it's like it's been difficult to come in and obviously as we've kind of grown quickly with for you it's, it's it's been difficult to then manage two agencies and knowing how to divvy that across the two so for me that's been a big thing and i've been looking to bring in um a sales manager to take over the sales side there obviously we, we did have a head of growth last year but he'd left um so that that's something that we've been looking into and i mean i don't know if you want to talk about it now but yeah, had a pretty fucking shocking experience with someone recently and had to fire someone for the first time. Like we've 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 not passed people on probation before, but never actually had to fire someone. So yeah. that was a bit of an experience. And I think again, we've spoken a lot about this, like the importance of that hiring process. And you know, this I'm, this, I'm not good at that. Yeah, you two are both pretty shaky from what I've heard of this on, the, on this. Well, on I'm, I've been pretty good other than this one. And to be honest, like the whole process he was fucking so good from everything that he did from the task stage to, but then I guess the one thing maybe that in hindsight could have done better is going far deeper on the individual, the individual and culture pillars. Yeah. Do they align with those culture pillars? And that's, that's the side that's difficult. And I know you said about that article. Yeah. Losers exist. Don't hire them. Best article ever written. It's just like it's that's what, savage. It's literally it's just a famous like, article. Or what? It's a famous article from Silicon Valley. It's literally called, I, I, I can put it in the put it in like the notes underneath. It's called "Losers Exist, Don't Hire Them," and it's like how to identify a loser in your hiring process because you don't want to work with losers. Um, it's like asking them. There's like it breaks down four or five different questions where like a lot of them are. I wouldn't. You don't have to use the same five questions, but it's like asking these people probing questions about them as a person and them as their mindset and them as an individual to work out whether you'd enjoy working them with them or if they're a loser. <laughs> like that's, that's, it's true yeah, though, because like, that's one thing that I learned from this guy that you can't train. Like someone could be a sick salesperson, which he was, but he just had the wrong mindset and you can't, you just can't fucking train that. Yeah, he sounded uh, like a bit of a, 
I don't want to slate the bloke too much, but <laughs> it, was a bit, it was a bit all over the place. Turning up late in his first week, but like, and every week after that, like just like forty minutes. I think minutes the later. issue I found as well is someone that has, and there's nothing I I like promote people having side hustles in my business. Like people, quite a few people do, and a lot of the stuff that they do actually does really help. You yeah. know what they're doing internally. Um, and I feel like just not putting the reins on people, you know, you, you get the most out of them and uh, you get that buy-in. But I felt in this case, because of the atmosphere that we have, like we've got a very flexible working environment, but you definitely have to earn that flexibility. And I don't think he quite understood that. And, you know, any time that he wasn't, didn't feel like he had anything to do, he would just stow, go and start fucking taking calls for his, his side hustle and spend a lot of his time doing that. So... You know, it's really difficult in that situation to be able to to manage someone in the correct way, especially when, you know, someone's working from home three, four days a week. Yeah, that's trust. Yeah. So I think the sales, side hustles for salespeople and side hustles for people who are on service delivery in an agency is very different. I agree. Salespeople, you want someone who's very motivated to pursue, like, outcomes for you and work. Like, it's very, like, spe- allocate your own time, allocate your own time to doing things. Um, yeah, we we do the same. You've had some interesting hiring experiences. You you got screwed. Well, not screwed. Yours was through a recruitment agency, which is even more yeah. even more interesting. I mean, I've only ever had two paye employees, and it was not good. Like everything, <laughs> everything up to that point was freelance and agency. And right now, same again. Yeah, freelancing agency. And everyone right now is fucking killer. I've got Brad, who's creative. He's freelance, not even full-time. Florian, who used to watch the pod, he just pitched me on doing customer service. And now I couldn't run the business without him. He's like operations and customer service. Yeah, that's sick. I've got Lucy, who does all the content stuff. And she was previously on the pod and probably will be again. Um, Then Simon, who's like finance guy part-time, but does like all the admin shit. And then AKM Media... Who yeah. run all the ads, which strong you won't like, but <laughs> I don't know. they can't <laughs> fucking spend on TikTok. So we need to have a conversation about that. We're spending six grand a day on Instagram, spend a hundred a day on TikTok. How does that add up? Yeah, that's strange. You should be able to spend on TikTok. No, it just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, come back to the hiring. Yeah, I just made the mistake of hiring a full-time paid media person at the end of 2020 and on a salary and like it was just I would never do it again I'd rather pay an agency agency three times as much and have more flexibility and I think actually for media buying you shouldn't have an employee I think you benefit from having an agency that's seeing other accounts mm-hmm. so that was Cross-section. that was a big mistake yeah he came in off the back of a recruitment agency you paid a whack as well oh, did you get a lot money of fucking back the recruitment agency might got a portion of it because of when he left I don't know if it was your biggest problem at that point, getting that money No, back. it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. There's a few more snowballing issues in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think people don't realise how many fucking issues there actually are, even when things aren't going that wrong. But that was combined <laughs> with things going that wrong. Um, yeah, because he'd just done loads of lead gen ads and then he was just... Uh, yeah, yeah, he'd I never been held accountable comment. for actual performance. Yeah, it was interesting. But the, yeah, it's that... But he was, he was a loser. Not shouldn't <laughs> hire them. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. And I wouldn't say that. He just, he was very unprofessional about it all and it was very bitter in the end, but moving on. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, it is difficult to hire people, to be fair. I think it's even more, I, I, I couldn't imagine trying to hire developers and stuff like that. Like, even, like, it's just be so hard. I feel like what's as hard as that, what we're finding with for you is being able to scale and hire at the 
the correct distance apart do you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's like it's really hard to roadmap hiring with yeah. scaling and bring obviously it's slightly different in terms of uh an econ brand but with an agency when you know we've got a lot of lead flow it's it's really difficult to build new pods into the system train them up accordingly with whilst obviously keeping keeping an eye on cash flow and and that growth yeah you can run an econ brand ridiculously lean if you have the right if you have like a team of i think a team of five or six absolute killers can take you really really far as an econ brand plus agencies and contractors yeah, because past that, a certain point, it's just automation, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's just, just doing the scale. same thing, but like you can't. There's only so many acquisition channels. Arguably, so much content you can make. The only thing you need more is customer service. Probably more than anything. If you, once you start really then, scaling, then like product production, probably and like manufacturing, which is yeah, and that's all outsourced to me anyway. Yeah, whereas an agency, obviously, for every six every six to eight yeah. clients, you need full three more people for what we do, and like trying to yeah trying to balance deal deal flows, way less forecastable than like scale from yeah. the e-com company as well because we can go like to like for example November the end of November you're not going to sign in many you're not going to pick up many clients because people aren't going to change agencies but then you can have that kind of imp you can have that through the year you can have two weeks of signing nobody then everybody joins in like a three-day window or wants to it's like very hard to for it's a lot harder to forecast I think but it's a good problem to have I guess but yeah it requires quite a robust hiring system which is a which is difficult, but every everyone has problems. It's all good fun. It's like it? with what's process. his name, the founder of Gymshark, Ben. Forgot his name. Ben Francis. Ben yeah. Francis. You been to the Gymshark shop? No, not yet. Yeah, pretty cool. I've heard a lot of <laughs> mediocre things about it, but I've not been. It's, pretty, it's cool to see. I mean, it's not the best shop in the world. There's better ones out there, but yeah. Anyway, segue. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he always said like, for him, the most important outsource as early as you can the things you're weakest at and i feel like since we brought on for all of our agencies fractional cfos that has been like an absolute game changer just in terms of like forecasting cash flow budgeting etc i feel like that and to be honest as we're scaling i feel like hiring is going to be another thing that yeah hr is definitely. hr definitely need to bring that in um i feel like they're they're two really important parts of the puzzle that again we're not that experienced experienced at, at so no so I don't really involve myself in the interview or process with size because I'm not great at it and I don't like it so it's mm. got someone else you you brought finance on early for space goods this time yeah <laughs> you <use> it again <laughs> that was the most important one but that yeah but like, th that wasn't me that hired him Alex one of my investors literally hired him didn't hire him but like helped he basically said I've worked with this guy you'd be perfect you should meet and then we got on and it made sense yeah so yeah that's been valuable I, I just the reason I wanted to work with that CFO is because I asked Adam Reed when we were in Mark Bay I was like what's been the best hire you've ever made he was like fractional CFO and I was just like does fractional just mean part time yeah like just works across multiple businesses yeah that's what Simon he has, does he yeah. has like insights into loads of different agencies so he comes in and just he's like you should put a process in here yeah he's specialist mm. with just agencies and e-com brands um, it's been really useful yeah it's really useful gives us like a financial report every month um, like looking into key KPIs forecasting it's yeah it's really good it's just a thing not to worry about um obviously you still worry but yeah it's a big part of the puzzle that is important no one likes to go and sit in quickbooks all day looking at 
boring reports and numbers just draining in it <laughs> it's boring yeah it's fucked need a random question so we're gonna go to some random questions i feel like we're gonna need to cut this again <laughs> no we can, we can definitely cut it <laughs> energy's feeling kind of low uh, yeah i'm, I'm get, off form i want to get into some random i've shit. forgotten how to do a podcast ask some random questions and go into some random shit we should have definitely planned these more should have written down a few i've got loads here read read through that list and pick some out it's fat list Just, yeah or, or you can just read them oh, out. I can read you, well. you can read the best ones out, or as in literally to get started, or we can talk oh, right, about okay. them first. Um, this is a warm-up episode. Yeah, you can just... It's quite a good setup, though. I reckon if you've got like a neon light in here. I mean, I'd like to try next door. We try and that. Like you could also the get corner. more people in here. Yeah, it's not. It is cool. nice facing each it's other. It's good having a big table. Like yeah, actually, being able to face someone because in my setup it was always like looking sideways. You know, it'd be a sick. I episode, do miss the pink lights though. Is we should try and do a Christmas episode with everybody who invested in space goods. In yeah, Lucy room. had that idea. In so one... she wants to come and interview me because she's I've never met her before. So she's coming to London. That, how I am with team members is I literally <laughs> on the first day I met her I started speaking about like my ex-girlfriend and shit so she knows everything about my life you're a transparent man so yeah she knows more about like my female situations and shit than anyone <laughs> more than I do she, she's a therapist as well as a deep, deep content connection manager with your content manager there yeah so I guess you've both you've both been in fairly stressful situations in terms of like you definitely have you've, you've probably been in some stressful situations like how do you cope with those? Obviously, Black Friday is quite a stressful period, which is when we're recording this for a lot of owners. Like, how do you cope with stress? I'm not a very stressed out person, and naturally, I don't feel uh, it's, um, it's just not like how I operate. But like, how do you de- how how do you deal with like high stress? I feel like obviously running a business is a high stress environment, and you can't. I, I guess like obviously I get stressed, but do you have any like? How do you switch off? How, what's your route there? Like, <laughs> this is becoming people, such a cliche pod, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I Fucking don't know. If that's, that's make a it, dead topic. No, it's quite quite a good topic. We can definitely make it darker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> more corrupt and more yeah. crooked. Um, you, you, yeah. I definitely think I've reached my highest stress points in my life. Hopefully, I definitely feel more immune than I used to. Yeah, because when you spend six months with constant anxiety because your business is going fucked in front of your eyes and the whole fucking world wants to kill you in the Daily Mail <laughs> at your door, not 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 much stresses you anymore. Yeah, I remember that period of your life; it was pretty heavy. But I definitely think working out and running, particularly, I didn't used to run then; I was fat. But like <laughs> even now, post marathon, like I stopped running a bit for like two weeks. I was like, "Fuck this! I can't even sleep." So now I'm back on like sprinting every day and shit. I think particularly cardio helps over just like weights in the gym or whatever so yeah painful like exercise it's almost like meditative in some way because it's like, i feel like it takes you full focus yeah like some people meditate but i've, I've got a borderline adhd just can't sit there and just think about nothing for, yeah, like, yeah it's minutes. difficult like, i do think like having it. another like you say and it, it, that could i think i definitely think fitness is you know aside from this but having another hobby whether that be running or it does help if you've got another way that you can disconnect from what you're doing because i I, i'd always massively struggled being able to disconnect from work when i was on holiday like with my ex-girlfriend i'd 
used to get fucking told off all the time from like being on Slack on the beach. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Is that the business version of X on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all your customers just come out the water. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like really struggle. That's but I, I've like really made an effort recently to try and actually get other hobbies that are outside of work to try and just be able to fucking get away from it all. So I think if you can find that thing that you're also passionate about outside of what you do in your business, it's a good way to to disconnect. I find routine massive as well. Yeah, like routine's routine, fucking like huge. Just being like just doing the same things at the same times every day. Mm. I find it. I've, I've since moving to London like a few weeks ago. I've not had a routine. It's been chaotic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I regret moving <laughs> in with you. Trying try to get back onto a routine. It definitely helps. Get, get so much more done. So much more energy. But yeah, you need something. It's hard. It's hard to switch off com- completely. Um, just not a massive meditator. That's why I think I lied to myself. That's why I stopped the pod. I was like, oh, I ain't got enough time to do it. But then I was like, it's the only time when I'm not staring at a fucking screen. Yeah. In like my entire day, yeah. other than the gym, is when I'm doing a pod. Because like, I mean, yeah, I people are oh, switch off, whatever. But I'm always on something in it. If it's if I'm not on my laptop, I'm on my fucking phone refreshing notifications on the brand page and like looking at comments yeah it's always something yeah it's always like one like just two taps away to get something work related yeah i just i'm not convinced there's any like is there any such thing as fucking balance no no not balance because like, i don't know like the irony is i see people that are way more successful than me and that i look up to and they seem like they have loads of balance but is that just because they're at a certain point where they've now gone past that kind of trenches stage or they just look like they're doing on the front of it but actually they're fucking 18 hours a day all in i think yeah you think you can get to a point where you're hands off in a business if that's what you want to do but it's also like if you enjoy it and i feel, yeah. I feel like people push the concept of balance because the people who do that usually don't enjoy what they yeah do. they hate the job mm. so like i think there's an alex and mosey videos where he's like i've come to the realization that i just love working <laughs> this video which is just so yeah. him he's too far he did that thread about how he optimized finding his wife over yeah, like yeah, yeah. Work, which is a bit like it like, is true though because it's like if you actually like what you do what the fuck else are you going to do go yeah. to the pub like to celebrate what I'm all for that now and then yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I think that separates someone right because I, I feel like one of the biggest things if you're like an entrepreneur you work for yourself you've got to learn to manage that stress and I feel like people that genuinely love it are the ones that you know the cream rises to the crop and the people that don't and can't handle that stress are the ones that genuinely don't because yes, like you say it's threshold. like it is your life yeah threshold for stress definitely has a big impact i feel like if you have a high threshold for stress you've got it would be much easier to succeed in certain areas especially like e-commerce i feel like it's just naturally quite a stressful area do you think that's something i mean it definitely is to an extent but do you think that's something that you can train or do you think you either have it or you don't what in terms of like being able to work for yourself and be an entrepreneur and manage that stress i think you can manage it i think some people are just predisposed to it way more than others i think some people i think it's i feel like you you almost can't manage it but you've got the the idea of like relativity is something you can have so like if you've been a stupidly high stress moment so like obviously you said about when you're running neon beach it's probably going to take a lot to ever reach that sort of stress level again so therefore, everything else probably appears a little bit less stressful now in relative, like relative to that. Mm. I also think that some people can just, like, perspective is also big. Like, if you actually take a step back from where you are, and that's something I 
think are quite good at it's like you, you, compared to most people's problems like the, the, the elements of some sectors of society it's like you're still in a very 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 privileged position even if it is high stress at that moment in time and it's, it's unrealistic a lot of people I've spoken to in quite a few people I know quite well actually still run the business even though they're doing <laughs> stupid numbers run it from this like mindset of everything could collapse tomorrow and I, I think that's like some in some ways that's good because it motivates you to go at like a million miles an hour but I also think that must be really really draining on your mind to be like oh to have this like unreal thought un, unrealistic thought that you're going to go from like this million a month to like nothing well I did well, yeah, I guess you did. So your your case, <laughs> so it can your case of how it can. But that was a very like extreme, extreme example. case, and there's a lot of steps that led to that. I didn't just go from there to to there. It's, mm. it's really difficult. Because but then again, FTX did that in like two days ago. So like, I guess yeah. I mean, generally, the longer something takes to crook. build, the longer it takes to crash. Yeah, yeah. But, in general rule. I mean, we we like spoken before when we did that pod about like gold medal syndrome and how we both suffered it from it before in terms of like when you have this big goal in place. And again, <coughs> I had that with one of my agencies this year hit like a really big goal that we had and then kind of had like a few months after of just quite demotivated because you'd hit that big target and, you know, it, it didn't give you that fulfillment that you thought it would. When you completed your marathon... <laughs> Did you yeah. have anything like that? Because I know that was like a huge goal that you'd had for a lot of the year. And then... I reckon I almost obsessed more about that marathon than like any element of business. I've ever like it was to the equivalent level. Hmm. I don't know what I built this story in my head about it so much. And like I'd literally listen to David Goggins like every day when I was training and shit. Being like, I built this enemy in my head that didn't exist. It was like the man that wants me to fail. <laughs> yeah. No one gave a fuck. Really, <laughs> like, and then like I knew a few other people doing it that should have got quicker times than me, but just broke. Mm. And I know someone that quit halfway, and they're going for a much quicker time. It's like they clearly can't deal with stress. So yeah, but that marathon, yeah, it was quite lit. But afterwards, I was just like, is that it? I mean, it's different, but it's like so tangibly relevant because that's just on a shorter time frame, it's like five months training or whatever. Now a bit of me kind of wants to do it again and go like sub two forty five just because because uh, I know it'd be disgustingly difficult. Mm. But then I've kind of lost. Now it's done. It's like, am I as bothered? Whereas before I was like excited about it. Now it's more like I just don't want to be fat again. Yeah, but yeah, th th there definitely was an element of that. I think there's an element of that with everything. Yeah, it's the dangerous it's the thing about achieving anything. The goalposts always move. Yeah, I still think there's a, there's another level of elite mentality above that where the people who have like smashed every record and keep going. It's like Goggins. Novak, Novak Djokovic is a good example as yeah. well. He's like a freak. They're just sick in the head. He's like, it best that just keeps going 35, not going to stop, just going to keep ripping every record there is. And he's he's, he's just a mentality freak. And there, there are like, yeah, Goggins is another one. Ronaldo's another one. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's like the best in the game, you know, they're like you got to be obsessed and it's not healthy but that's you need that you need that like pure obsession so did you have were you you know when you'd completed that big goal because you know it's always difficult isn't it when you've got a big goal and then it kind of ends and it's it's kind of like what next yeah what's your did next one you're gonna do an ultra marathon next i was gonna say yeah i mean i thought about that but then it's just like it's not my life. Like, it can't take up to physically. I can't allocate that much time to it because it's not. It's not paying me. It's not my bigger goal. Like, obviously, my goal is way more on business, 
but I do want to have more physical goals. Get your marathon so now training like, for product going. Yeah, I mean, I fucking know. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely reckon I'm, I'm a better fitness coach than 99% of money Twitter fitness coaches. Name me no names. Um, <laughs> like average rigs and like selling programs for like 400 quid a month and shit. But like, I'll, I'll just drop like a free fucking training, marathon training course. <laughs> but yeah, what was I saying? I mean, a bit of me does want to do it again just because you got to have something to fucking chase that, that's off a screen, I suppose. And like, obviously business takes way longer than like training for a marathon. I suppose like the end goal of business. But then it's like, do I actually care about running that much? Not really. It was more just like to prove to myself that I could do it. And I did it. But it's definitely a confidence boost because like the principles you take from that apply to anything. Yeah. But then I already knew I could do it because I've done similar physical things in the past and shit. Not marathons, but like rowing. So yeah. like I knew I was a fucking pretty savage cunt when it comes down to it. <laughs> Yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The documentary was good. I think the confidence thing's definitely true. It's like when you set a goal and hold and actually reach it. I feel like you build confidence by like hold, like actually reach and discipline as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, conf- confidence in yourself comes from like set, even if it's small things like not making promises to yourself that you're not going to keep over and over and over again builds confidence. Yeah, honestly, like that was the. I was so consistent with that training. I remember being in Marbella in September for like a random trip. And then everyone was like, oh, should we get beers and shit? And it was a fucking Sunday afternoon. And I said, well, I've got to go run 90 minutes on the treadmill first. (laughs) So I went by myself to a gym 20 minutes away, ran on an inclined treadmill for 90 minutes on a treadmill that is like torture. It's so boring. Just because I have to do it. Yeah. Because I knew that that was one brick that wouldn't be laid otherwise. And like so deep because I knew that I, I knew that sub three was in the bag before I did it because I yeah like it. those things are earned long before you actually do the race yeah in, in like all sporting endeavors they're earned on like the fucking rainy Tuesday night do you know what I mean yeah the winter training so yeah it's just consistency in it and it's the same now it's like I'll go to the gym because I know that that's what I do now and like, I always went to the gym but like, I want to train a certain way get a run in. And that, that's just like, you earn your fucking sleep at night almost. And it's the same with like work. You know if you've put a decent day's work in or not. And if you keep putting it off, you'll get nowhere. But if you keep stacking the bricks, you'll get somewhere. So, yeah, it's just principles, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So like fitness is a good one to start with. I think. I, I don't really trust anyone that's never like trained hard. <laughs> like genuinely, because if you can't do that, how can you do your job well? Yeah. Or like build a business? I don't know. I think it's, the mentality carries over. Yeah, def- definitely. It's transfer, Obviously, yeah. there's exceptions, but that's again links back to the hiring thing that we said earlier. Like, hire for your mindset, per people. Like, you can't teach a mindset; you have to build it. I would always hire like an ex rower or something. Yeah, I just think there's probably a lot of examples of them where they're just always going to be on it, on time, disciplined. Yeah, it's probably why I see a lot of ex-military people doing like cool business stuff yeah. as well. Like, obviously, you got Jocko William Cole, the people who was in, oh, he's mates with. There's the same with, uh, I can't remember the bloke who, do, who from, from the UK who's pretty famous. Chris Williamson. Yeah. He, isn't he? A, no. He, he used was, to go to Newcastle. He was a club promoter, not military. Not, <laughs> oh, not right. Military. Yeah. Um, and that ant guy who does. Oh, ant yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a bit cringe, but like he's still like, you see a lot of military people who try, obviously they, elite military people that obviously transfer pretty well into business, probably for the same reason that they've got the fundamentals of like ridiculously hard work and, and just discipline mindset and discipline in place 
yeah. which transfers. Yeah, Chris Williamson's he's huge now. I didn't realize yeah. he's got massive. He's training at CrossFit Townside, didn't he? Yeah, and he used like, to be a promoter. He used to like stand on the door guy. of I can't even remember the bars now, but yeah. Used to see him darting around. Yeah, honestly, I think if, if anyone wants to fucking turn their life around, run a marathon and like do a quick <laughs> just, one. Because like, if you actually commit to doing it, and yeah. I reckon part of the reason I actually did it was because I said it publicly. That's why I made mm. such a ridiculous claim. Every one minute I'll give a grand to charity. I was never planning on giving any money to charity because I knew I was going to go sub three. Yeah. Like, I raised a load of money, but like only because I said that publicly. If I'd never said that, if I never told anyone I was doing it, probably would have half-assed it. Yeah, they say don't put, there's a big, obviously there's a big thing about like not making, like not <laughs> talking about what you're trying to work on in, in business, but then, then that's kind of credence to the other idea of like tell people. So I feel like there's a line. There is a line. I, I think people who tell people probably try and go too big on like, I'm going to do like this mad thing and don't realize You just have to back it up. It depends on what sort of person you are. Yeah. Most people are just talkers. I, mm. Yeah, I think, I think it depends on the position you're in i think there's probably people who get into like e-commerce and like i'm going to build a hundred million pound brand but don't realize how incredibly rare that is mm. compared to like obviously fitness is very different it's all you um yeah that's what i liked about control. the running it's 100 you, you. no other variable really. maybe is a bit different because there's so many different variables that go into that um yeah, maybe that is the big. That, that could be a big seventy-five hard push, just like run a marathon. That seventy-five hard's pretty good. I never did it? that. It's quite. It's the only thing that, that is good. I've done it once. Was it twice a day? It's like four. It's Andy Frisell is like f multiple different like yeah, things that you do every day. It's basically to build discipline. But it's like two forty-five minute workouts. One has to be outside. <laughs> um, drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages a day. But it's not the actual act itself, it's more like doing things that are inconvenient. Mm. The only thing that's difficult is it takes so long, but then I guess that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It's like, if you actually make it priority and make time for it, then it's, it's like, you just get into discipline, isn't it? Um, Taking you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Maybe, do you want to fancy running a marathon? We should do it. Maybe we should join I you. I definitely want to. I've, done well, I've got a place in London in April, which is the next one. It's confirmed. So I got a pre-qualified. I'd like to do one. I just, yeah. I just haven't decided. Because if I'm going to go sub 245, I need to decide soon. pretty soon if I'm going to commit to that or not. Hmm. How, how hard do you reckon it would be to shave that? How many minutes is that? It's seven like minutes. Exponential, isn't it? Obviously, to get that seven minutes. I mean, if, if I could go sub 245, 86 kilo, I reckon I'd be in the top 0.1% if you age... And if you, sorry, if you weight adjusted it, yeah. even the, my time at eighty-seven kilo, yeah, it's pretty quick. Like, yeah, that is what quick. were you at? Would you have to average a kilometer for the time I did? Yeah, or quick for time? the time you did four or five. Yeah, that's quick. That's pretty fast. So it's quick. the same as doing a sub twenty-one minute five k eight and a half times. <laughs> it's quick. So Makes for a sub so two point five, you need a three fifty-five. So it's like a nineteen-minute five k times eight. Fucking hell! To give you an idea. Yeah, it makes you realise how quick that, um, I can't remember. Kipchoge. Yeah, that's just... 2.51 per kilometre. seen so Something many like TikToks that. of him, people trying to hold his pace for like yeah. two minutes. And it's just absolutely... It's grotesque. <laughs> absolutely yeah, like rude. not many people can do a sub 25k either. Like Oh, like barely any Yeah, people. it's like fucking That's hard. harder than it's In my absolute run. fucking prime, I think I did like 20 minutes 20. And I was like, how the... F I'm never going to get below this. I don't have that in my locker. <laughs> if, I did, if you put some traders on me went outside, I wouldn't do that. No. I ain't got you could very quickly though. Yeah, you get you get. You I got down to like seventeen minutes. You build cardiovascular fitness and you lose it really quickly. You do, yeah. Kind of, I did that thirty-five 
30 10k which was shocked me because i didn't think i was a sprinter i'd like to break 35 on 10k i reckon if i was going to do sub 245 i need to do that like 1635 k or something so i fancy trying a 5k and 10k soon but i'm only running like 40k a week at the minute Saw some decent yards. <laughs> I'm doing more like sprints on the Only treadmill, so it's definitely it's more sprint focused, <clears throat> but it's more just like maintenance right now. But yeah, I definitely fancy fucking. I think it's good to have a fitness or some sort of fitness goal. I just feel and look better. I think I think it's just yeah, just I I think it's good to like have like something like a marathon or like an event that ties your goal in something if you to, to keep you accountable to it yeah. I just think it's good to do them in groups I've seen people do that a lot recently um, like they'll do like group yeah that was the same thing with the running it was such a lonely process I was doing mm. it all by myself yeah. pretty much all my training was solo which is probably good for like hardening the fuck out of my brain but it was just like a war path <laughs> but no one else wanted to join me so yeah not next surprised time when you look at <laughs> look at the video you put together that no, <laughs> no one fancied that yeah it was pretty rough what are your opinions on like, because again, it's, 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 it's a debate that goes around a lot, focusing and dialing in blinkers on with one business venture or what a lot of entrepreneurs seem to do and, you know, have a wandering eye and start something else and have several kind of plates spinning at the same time. Because I know that's something we've all had questions over in the past that we've all diversified and well, maybe spread ourselves too thin. Yeah. But what are people's thoughts on on that? Uh, I think they have, they have to be closely complementary. Yeah, I don't think you can be running a restaurant and then e-com brand. I also think although that I know someone that does that quite literally, so that was a funny example. I think it depends what stage you're at. Massively. Yeah, that's how far, what I was how, say. how how in the trench, how removed you are from one business. How much? How much? In, obviously, if you'd still just spend more time on that business, it would still probably grow faster, regardless of if you remove from it or not. Um, yeah, how complimentary, how big the opportunity is and how big the vehicle you're moving from is and what, like, so, like, <laughs> like, oh, God, you all right there, Chief? <laughs> i got a dodgy fucking throat. <laughs> so have I. I sound horrible. Um, how big the opportunity is, whether it's complimentary, yeah, I think, like, jumping from one agency, running two agencies is, yeah, like you say, is a lot easier in print just fundamentally than running two businesses that are different. But there's a lot of people, like, there's a guy called Andrew Wilkinson who I follow quite a lot who just acquires elements of businesses and he's got everything from like a, a fucking bakery in his hometown, which he st- says is the hardest business he's ever run in his life, up until like uh, this crazy like e-commerce aggregator for Shopify apps. Mm. He, he has so many different businesses, but obviously he's not, he's not involved in it to a level where he's really doing much. He just allocates yeah. funds and puts well, people just, in positions. I think if you build the right systems and the right team in place like you you know like with saw and the teams we've got around us yeah it's if you're in those early stages where you don't have that backup it's it's very difficult and people i think that's where i see a lot of a lot of people struggling and failing when they they pull back and spread themselves too thin too early with a venture that hasn't necessarily got to that stage yet to start focusing on something else and then as a result the original business slips i think sometimes yeah i also think there's a element of i think you you probably have this when you're running midnight city midnight city could have been massive if you just stuck at it and just focused on yeah, that as telling well. it me it's crazy profitable through that summer 
Yeah, and but then but then Neon Beach was a massive vehicle and a huge opportunity. So <laughs> it's like, how do you? You didn't. You kind of stumbled on that. So it's like, and it was more of your yeah, passion. Yeah, I mean, it was, you see people on Twitter like they said they run like thirty-five econ brands or something. I just couldn't do it. I'd rather be like emotionally invested in one. I think you can have something like a podcast because I debated that myself. Like, is a podcast too distracting? But then it's like, it's kind of still within the same realm because we're talking about similar shit. You get guests on that are in the world. I can learn from them. I think as well for your personal brand, what that's done for you and the buy-in that your team have had because you said a few of them found you through the podcast. Yeah, then I just sat the podcast off and everyone, I was like, oh shit, maybe I should keep doing this. Yeah, this has tangible benefits for hiring definitely for you, personal brand. Yeah, 100%. Because the people you find through that are going to be switched on already. Like you're not going to find anyone. They're bought into the vision. Like They're yeah. bought into the roadmap. Yeah, and the investors and shit. Like Two of my investors now I met through the pod. And I reckon there could be plenty more. So yeah. I'm just going to start inviting everyone I want to invest in the, my business in the future. Get them on the pod. Get them a bit drunk. <laughs> and then it's like the ultimate way to get to know someone. You spend two yeah. hours in a fucking room with them speaking they get to see what you're about and then you've documented it so like someone wants to know like more details about how I'm building the brand just go and watch 25 episodes I put out yeah like if they really want to know so and then beyond that it's just in like 10 years time if I can crook it to look back yeah because I look back at travel vlogs from like four years ago and I just think fucking hell glad I filmed that <laughs> even though it's so pointless content wise yeah you just forget about things You just naturally if you don't document yeah, exactly. Is that your, is that your employee on board and you just have them watch every single video? <laughs> it's like 12 yeah. hours of just you talking to a computer screen. Yeah, legit. Um, I think, yeah, I think podcast and personal brand for you is very complimentary. I don't, I don't know if there's a right answer to that. I think it very much depends on like where, what, what your current business is, what the ex, what the other opportunity is, what the upside and the other opportunity, which one you want to do. Like a lot of people start first business as a vehicle to get to a point where they can then pursue something they're actually passionate about yeah you just gotta get in the game innit yeah escape the matrix get in the game <coughs> sorry literally like most important step all very fucking ill um, <laughs> I don't even feel ill it's just like I felt ill last week I just have, my throat feels off I feel like, I, feel like I can't speak properly I do feel like as well um, what we've done with For You and having four three four people come together you know running the business together obviously smaller piece of the pie but different complementary skill sets that can all lead different parts of the business has meant we've been able to scale it way quicker yeah definitely and it's you know that that old that old wise saying rather have a slice of the watermelon than a whole grape yeah it's a think. classic it's <laughs> a classic saying <laughs> I can't remember what I heard that. It's a classic saying. But it opened my eyes because obviously you and Joe had Saw together and obviously, you you know, both different skill sets, you've been able to build that together. And I'd always, with Hammy Media, it'd always been just me. And it's it's definitely, as a solo founder, more difficult uh, in that sense. And it was always something that I'd kind of crave to have. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like having co-founder. You're, you, were, you were originally very anti-co-founder, weren't you? You were for ages. But then I get you probably not. Yeah, you're not like you're not gonna have a co-founder now. But I guess you've got people on board who have got the right skill sets. It's just got to be that thing, like you say, complementary. No point in having someone involved if they don't bring pick things. Yeah, yeah I just don't exactly. think I would have worked that well with people at the start. <laughs> don't know. 
I mean, yeah, I think the setup now is kind of ideal because I've still got way more equity than I would have from day one as a co-founder, but I've got loads of experience, mind, and more money. Yeah. So that's kind of like the investors are my co-founders in a way. I just have to do the legwork. Yeah. Just so, yeah, it's pretty ideal now. But yeah, I definitely, I didn't want to be the only person involved in a business after the last business because that was fucking lonely. Yeah, it's, it's, and also just it shortcuts your learning and shortcuts the outcome if you've got someone who's already done it or like someone who's already in an investor situation. Definitely, that's very different to a co co-founder, I guess. Co-founder, if you're starting something, could come from a place of pretty low experience, like me and Joe did, but have like more like fundamental skills that lend yourself to focusing on one area. Whereas for an investor, it's obviously most of them have already trodden the path or have some like sh learning experience from a previous venture that shortcuts what what you're doing which I think is massive um, so I, but then some, some firms get investments from obviously I've always wondered how those investment relationships higher up where they just chuck you a lot of money and leave you to it what what that's like and don't actually mm -hmm. get that involved because there's some some firms approach it like that I guess it depends though doesn't it it's like you either it's two objectives I guess of a, an investor it's like cash injection or well, obviously that that for both sides, but also just experience and expertise in a certain field, which I think is probably more as well as the cash injection. What you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't want anyone to invest that wasn't a value add. I mean, especially at that early stage, and it's kind of maybe fairly niche because I had a really good network, so it was like easy to like raise money. I suppose now with this new funding round, I'm looking at doing and kind of I'm in the process of doing. Like, it's way harder because I'm going to people I don't know to get money. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, they've already come to me and there's been, like, interest and shit. But then it's, like, speaking to, like, private equity funds and shit, which I've always been interested in anyway. And it's just, it's it's different because they're, they're not, it's not their own money. They're managing other people's money and there's a lot more red tape and, like, it's much bigger ticket. And they would probably be more hands-off in most cases. But... Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to say try and avoid that for as long as possible. But some people say that, but other people say, well, if you're gonna fucking raise money, just go big, just uh, get a fund involved, and just commit to the fucking cause. I think it's how you use it. It's more important. You see, I, you see some companies that raise a lot of money, then start yeah. doing like classic. I'm gonna spend money on stuff like, like fast checkout, mm. raise a hundred. Yeah, that's mil. the problem. And then like hired Coldplay or some shit. Just, for just start <laughs> using it in <laughs> stupid ways. Yeah, like obviously there's been so many layoffs. It's pretty crazy how many people Elon Musk cut from Twitter. It still works. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand the whole leftist. That's wrong, bullshit. It's a fucking business. Well, it's like if you if you compared how many people, I think they had seven thousand people, something like that. But then you compare it to like how many people. I think it was I looked into the what's how many people WhatsApp and Instagram have on their use like staff mm. and the amount of users they have. They had like similar similar or so in some case higher user bases with like ten ten, like tenfold less staff. Mm. it's just like what, what were all those people Zuck's doing Zuck's just cut a load as well didn't he yeah he just cut a load but he's focusing on fucking VR AR like he's a lizard <laughs> <laughs> he is a lizard um, he's just pivoted his focus to something that's not even like a thing yet I really don't understand the so anyone with this anyone can get a subscription now to the blue tick on Twitter yeah, yeah I don't really get it I mean it I got no it because it's just funny but now it's like I don't actually know who's the, the legitimate version of someone. That's what I mean. That's what 
it kind of takes all legitimacy out of what what the verification was. Yeah, I think it's a weird one because like if you did that on Instagram, it wouldn't mean shit now, would it? I think Instagram is always higher value anyway as a blue tick, but yeah, it is interesting. It's kind of funny. Mm. Is everyone's got blue ticks. I'm, point I didn't one? buy it. Yeah, I, I bought it just because he rolled it back, didn't he? Because there was all those impersonations. Did you see the one? That's what I mean. How can you stop that? Well, because he's gonna. Ch- I think he's gonna change the color. The reason he rolled it back wasn't because people were impersonating like presidents. There was some company. It was. They changed the stock price. He imper- someone went on, bought the blue tick, pretended to be this medical company who which produced insulin in America, and tweeted. Insulin's free. Insulin's free and it wiped $9 billion off the stock price. And they probably in, shorted it. In like 20, set, 20 minutes. Hell. Yeah, mm. they definitely would have shorted it. And they really shorted it and made loads of money. So obviously Fuck. he's had to pull it back. I think there was there was another case of the same. I can't remember what the other company was. But that's like absolutely crazy impacts from one tweet. He also did that poll to like Donald Trump back on the platform. Yeah, the other I, think, day. I think that's there fair. Like, you can't be free on. speech and not let people on. Yeah. Tony, someone impersonated Tony Blair as well. Yeah, I they? saw that. We won't let Alex Jones back on though, which is I think after that court case is probably fair. Yeah, it's, it's like conspiracy su- level shit. Sued so hard, um, but yeah, that I don't, obviously he made it. But he, I think it, it's not far off profitable now. I don't think as a company it was nowhere near. Or I can't. I haven't read into it enough to know, and I don't want to say something that makes me like an idiot. So I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> delve into it. But he, I think with that and then getting rid of loads of people, it's not far off like balancing, at least which it wasn't previously, or I didn't think it was. That's, I guess that's another thing for stress. He must be pretty stressed. It probably puts you into context of like... How yeah, I mean, he, he must just fucking love it though. Yeah, I don't know how he can want to do... Guy like, doesn't sleep. Yeah, he must be so unhealthy. You see that fucking picture of him in the, yeah. on that yacht? <laughs> literally a guy hasn't seen sunlight in 20 years. <laughs> the rig pitch. Yeah. Gonna go to Mars and just... Because I, I saw on the... Yeah. Jo- I forgot who it was on Joe Rogan, but they were like... When you see someone like that, invest the fuck into his brands because you know he does not sleep and he does not go outside. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he's like, then you see Bezos like all looking all fucking bulky and tanned. I thought it was quite funny that Gary, yeah, Gary, do you know Gary Vee obviously used to be mad. He's got a dank new wife. He used to be mad yeah. family oriented. I think yeah. that's just so funny. Like he pushed this massive narrative of like family yeah, man, it's interesting, family man, that. family man. Got to this point of just being absolutely wadded, sacked her off, and just married some new. To be fair though, you like, never know what went on there. Yeah, don't you know. don't. It's just like just interesting. But it's, yeah, it's true. Say one thing, do something else. It's just funny. Um, yeah, Bezos is shredded. <laughs> Bezos is shredded. Amazon's get rich, Amazon's get a shredded. bit of a nightmare at the moment as well. I've heard a lot of you. You. You can't you can't add stock there or some shit. Yeah, they 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 have their own like f- freighting service, and they're the only freights that don't have to wait in these mad queues. So loads of people have struggled to get stock into warehouses for Q4. Um, I'm trying to send stock from Amazon back to the warehouse right now because they're not going to stock for Black Friday. But then I found out I sent two thousand back from Amazon, but it takes thirty days. I thought it'd be fuck. two days. So now it's basically pointless. But once you've submitted the order, you can't stop it. Really? So I've now just basically deleted two thousand pieces of stock from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to sell out on Amazon now and not, not have any more stock in uh, the warehouse that's such a stupid move how have yeah. you found that move to Amazon yeah I'd never done Amazon at all before I mean it's doing like 20 grand a month like semi-organically now so spending like 50 quid a day on ads that's pretty good like PPC but it's just building the reviews it's got like 35 reviews now 4 star plus I think it needs to be like 4.8 plus really but just another channel mm. I was hesitant to do it but it's it's a much more profitable channel channel 
Um, but yeah, I think it'll always be second to the website because you can't do subscription on it. Can't do any postmarking, can you? You can't put any inserts in the package and you're not allowed to do Why yeah. can't you do subscriptions on it? I think you can for some. I don't know if it's being like a new brand or what, but I can't do it right now. No, you can't. Yeah, you can buy. You can definitely do repeat purchase because you get the option when you Yeah, order, you like, do get the option. But yeah, I don't know if it's on my listing right now. Maybe you have to go through like some sort of approval process. It's just such a monster that, that like, biz, like being on that platform. It's just so big. The yeah, I guess the only thing is it's like more stock management, but. Yes, 35 reviews. D- yeah. Oh, wait, it has got subscribe and save, but it's the same price. Maybe I need to do something about this. <laughs> There's a revenue opportunity for you there. Yeah, wait a minute. That's weird. But no, it's all right. I just, I think it's good to have multi channels to some extent. Yeah. Like that and then retail potentially, which I'm looking at. Um, Where would you target for retail? Well, Holland and Barrett approached me like two months into the brand. Really? I'm speaking to them right. a bit. That's cool. And then they've just been super slow on like anything. So I think that would be massive scale. I just don't necessarily think it aligns with where I want to take the brand. But at the same time, if they fucking wanted to do five million quid a year, I'd probably say yes. So I think you'd like, stand out off shelf. I was going to say, it's yeah. a product that would do well in retail. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd do really well. I feel like Selfridges would be cool to do, but it's not going to make money. No, like, it's purely just a brand thing. Yeah. So and, and dirtier in there. So. Going for it. Might have to change that. I've seen a lot of their ads recently, actually. Yeah, they're scaling. There's no pink lights and no fucking red wine. (laughs) And a lot of Black Friday chaos going on. Um, A few colds. And a few colds. It's just a somber atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we'd kick into gear, but it just never really happened. It's a a corporate atmosphere, yeah. I'm just not used to it. I'm used to the pink lights and like the fucking red wine mood. I think that is maybe, that is the vibe that gives the Midnight Pod it's true that, that unique energy whereas most pods are like this they're just corporate maybe this sober. will be archived footage that never gets released after maybe the, after we'll we'll just come through for the hour and a half um, you could bring red wine in here it's definitely a red wine vibe you definitely could um, I think doing it at night time as well is a vibe but it's kind of more vibing now it's dark do you just I was discussing this the other day in terms of like I feel like there's a 50-50 split in business as well between Business owners who are like fully straight edge, don't drink, don't do anything. Yeah. Don't do, like don't don't like go out, don't do like anything. And then there's the other fifty percent who just seem really loose. <laughs> yeah. like, that is true. Events. Like there's no middle ground <laughs> to be found. Um yeah. I, yeah, so I don't know if you get you get maybe the red wine attracts a certain type and turns away others. I do think you get into a nicer flow of conversation as well. It's just... 100%. just gives you that fucking... It's like going on a date, isn't it? It's the same yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, wine is just... Yeah, it's just the right vibe, isn't it? Red wine and pink lights. It's kind of deep. This is the first episode ever when there's been no red wine or pink lights. It's the shittest episode we've done. I just put <laughs> that in the bin. <laughs> You're just dragging the file straight to the bin there. I've just, just received the Dream Dust studio shoot images. <laughs> What's your immediate thoughts? I haven't looked at them yet. They're probably fucking good, so they'll be good. It was a fat shoot as well. Short, what like, did you do in the kitchen? Things. Nah, so I'm still waiting on that. This is website, like, still imagery sort of shit. But, oh yeah. You said you're, First you're, you're renting a... I can't even say the name of it. What, what's the car? A DeLorean, DMC. Yeah. So from, unnecessary. Um, from Back to the Future. Shall we have a look at these images? <laughs> fucking hell, they're nice. Actually, I, w- I won't be able to show you because I have to turn it around. First impressions, though, they're 
fucking nice. Mansion in a DeLorean, that's a proper space good shoot. Yeah, I mean, people would say it's like unnecessary, but I think long term it's actually not because who the fuck does that in short? Where's the mansion? It's in Kensington. How much is that? How much is it's that? It's not that much. It's like 600 quid for four hours. That's not bad at all. It's not. Like that whole first shoot cost three and a half grand and people thought I spent 50 grand on it. So I'm not retarded. It's just like <laughs> resourceful and using good people that over deliver and under charge. And these images look fucking good to be fair. I'll have to show you after. Well, um, yeah, I, I do think it's gotta, you've got to play into the longer term vision of the brand. Like... Just how far can you take it? What's your watch like? You're shooting, you're doing 10 million, 10 mil a month. What's your shoot level going to be then? Well, I literally think this could become like a Netflix franchise. Well, I remember when you said that on the pod. I think that's a fucking sick idea. Like, honestly, this second movie that we're doing, it's like so crooked in the sense that there's so many Easter eggs and shit and it links to real life. And I, I'm featuring in it, by the way, <laughs> as a character. Um, and I'm getting a custom, well, not, not custom, but we're getting a leather jacket and we're printing the logo on the back. I've got like fake tattoos and shit. Like the drives. Yeah, exactly. It's based on that. Yeah. So, and then a fucking DeLorean, which is just completely unnecessary. But that was in, that was on the ad at the start of the first movie. Right. Okay. So th this is the shit that gets me gas. It's like just an excuse to literally make a movie. Yeah. But it's also just like unique as fuck. I've literally never seen a supplement brand ever do something to this extent. Yeah. It's and that's probably because it doesn't make money, but. Do things that others won't do though. I I think it, I think it's because your brand is inherently creative. Like the way you've positioned it allows you to do this and just like justify and also probably help your performance and attract more. Customers. Can you not maximize that creative though and actually, you know, contextually convert it into ads and yeah, probably more, probably more like than that. we currently have done. I don't know. If that's I think probably doesn't work as well. In short, but did you run the other one as a YouTube video? As a YouTube ad, we actually haven't, but I feel like we should. It's like it's very top of funnel. What would work well though? Have you seen those ads that they're working really well in UGC at the moment? It's where it's someone green screened over a piece of higher production creative, so it's still yeah. native to TikTok, and they're reacting to that creative. And it's like, have you seen this brand kind of thing? Obviously, stronger hook than that, but that could work. Because you're taking yeah, that, that high, higher production content and making it more native to the platform. Fuck, these images are cool. <laughs> just segued away from the podcast and just just giving up at this point, haven't you? So what, um, to wrap up then, I guess I'll take over. Yeah, you take over. <laughs> There's only one, only one professional in the room. Yeah. What, like, what's the goal now of the pod? What's changing? Yeah, what, what can people at home expect? better than this better energy well I think <laughs> we need pink lights and red wine or just at least pink lights some form of mental stimulus which this episode hasn't had as much <laughs> and better mics but I think it's just people liked I think everyone got pissed off when it wasn't econ people like it was it was like a fairly cult like UK econ podcast yeah. and like people still comment like it was the greatest econ podcast of all time and shit and I do agree but just need to be consistent with it yeah. I think the uniqueness was the rawness of it compared to a lot of fluff that's out there. Even if they're like more impressive fluff, it's still fluff. So, yeah, I think, fuck, it's like, it's like we said about like gold medal syndrome. It's like, oh, I did a, an episode a week pretty much for a year. That's what I said I'd do. And then I got like, ah, uh, can't be asked now. But then it's like, fuck it. People, 
the people on it. There's a lot of good guests. It's just consistency in it. And just doing it regularly. And, and also getting co-hosts on and mixing it up. Which will probably take some getting used to, but definitely think it's worth doing. So you're going to go more of like a topical route then? It's talking to someone about their life story. I think both. I think you need both. Um, I think it depends if the new you want to do probably do a bit of both. I think if you're going to do topical, you could. I think consistency is the key, and not needing to have a guest on every single one of them. You need to have regular people that you can fall back on, because it's quite a heavy admin, and it's also hard to always guarantee. But then I don't know. I think you you did pretty well at it the last time. It's probably doable again. Um, but then obviously if it's someone new you want to kind of know about them as a person so I think it's worth digging into the backstory and a bit about what they do but then maybe dive down other routes as well consistency you just need to stay consistent at it same with anything in life it isn't got, it got so exponential I think it gets so exponential if you just stuck at it um, yeah yeah <laughs> we've given up here haven't we <laughs> pretty much <laughs> this is a good Two hours. hours not getting back. <laughs> Two hours not getting back. No, it's a decent little warm up episode. Um, was I recording? Oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, <laughs> 75 minutes. Yeah, sweet. Um, but it's because I wasn't really sure who the host was. So I'm used, so used to being the host, and I was letting you take the reins a bit, but then we didn't really plan we didn't really it. Plan it was completely freestyle. And, and all the mics were a fucking shambles. But I remember doing the first episode originally that I, like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with the mics and shit and then you just quick pick it up in it it's like yeah. the same as anything so I think with that said on that bombshell subscribe to the pod plenty more coming soon better quality bigger guests more <laughs> consistent content and we'll see, see you on the next episode but no let me start again swallow my own fucking choke on my own spit subscribe to the pod and we'll see you in the next episode cheers for watching peace